0: We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to this message. If you wanna learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. I am a mother as as well, I have three boys. I have a 15 year old, a 10 year old, and a five year old. And this thing called motherhood is not always easy y'all. it's, it's almost like a teeter-totter. It's like some days I really feel really good about what I'm doing, and other days I'm struggling, and, and I'm like, am I even supposed to be a mom? And I'm wondering... are are there mothers out there that feel the same way I do where we are like in this battle of I feel amazing like I did a home cooked meal for my child today and I read them a story before bed and others days we're like oh my goodness I I fed my kids chicken nuggets again and I got them to bed late it's always this teeter-totter and if you're not a mom you probably know a mom or a sister of a mom or you have a, a mom friend or your guy friend's wife something but you Know that there's women out there that are dealing with this motherhood and dealing with this difficulty. Um, when I think about this this back and forth of bad and good, I think about uh, cartoons and the the angels that that sit on the shoulder. You always have that good angel, that white angel, on one side, and the red angel on the other side, and one saying, "Oh, you're such a great mom. You're doing awesome. The kids love you." And on the other side. Hi- the other end, you're hearing the negatives, like you're awful, you're horrible, you yelled at your kids today, and there's this battle that goes on in your head. Growing up in high school, we had to read a novel called The Tale of Two Cities, and in this novel, it was by Charles Dickens, it was talking about two different cities, and the quote that, that, introduces the book, the quote that's at the beginning of the book that sometimes I hear it on TV shows and and when I'm reading magazines, they mention this part. But it's a famous quote. And the quote says, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope it was the winter of despair. It's this back and forth. And today I want to share with you the tale of two mothers and how their choices change generations and how our choices can change generations too. But before we dig in, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that we are celebrating mothers, mothers that are here with us, spiritual mothers, um, mothers that have gone before us and we're, we're honoring their memory, dear Lord. We just celebrate mothers today. But I'm praying that as we dig into this word, that this word is not just for mothers. This word that you give, uh, gave us is not just for women, dear Lord, but it's for everyone. So open our hearts and open our mind to receive a word from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The first mother that we're talking about today, the tale of two mothers, the first mother I want to introduce to you is the mother of all time. I'm hearing like a drum roll in my head and her name is Eve and we find her story in Genesis chapter 3. Eve was the mother of mankind, of humankind. She was the first mother there ever was. And Adam and Eve, most people know the story of Adam and Eve walking in the garden and God told them that they couldn't eat of any fruit except for one, right? There were so many fruits. I can't even name all the fruits that I know right now. And there's so many other fruits in this world that I can't even name because I don't know about them. But they had the abundance of fruits, and there was one tree that God said, do not eat from. And it was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And walking one day, they come close to the tree and a serpent starts to talk to them, y'all. That should have been a red flag to, er, er, er. Oh, are you crazy? What are you doing? There's a serpent talking to you. Run as fast as you can but they come close to this serpent and they come close to this tree that they shouldn't be eaten from. And we find in Genesis chapter three, verses four and five, it says, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. What? What? Are you really going to listen to this serpent when you've been walking with God, your creator, your Lord, you've talked to him on daily and this stranger in a tree is telling you to do what's contrary to what God is asking you to do, was opposite to what God is asking you to do. And she takes that fruit and she eats it and her husband eats it, Adam eats it as well. And this is where sin enters the world. There's a separation between God and humanity. And just remember, our choices can change a generation. Because of Eve's disobedience, we see that sin has now entered into this world. And now Eve and her husband has to experience pain and heartbreak And Eve ends up pregnant and she has her first child and of course she's probably uh, given birth to this child in pain and in labor, right? That's why they call it labor. It's a lot of work. She gave birth to her first son and his name is Cain and the joy that brings when you have a child. And then she gave birth to another child and his name was Abel and that joy that that, that, um, you experience when you have children. But what happens is Cain and Abel, God asked for a sacrifice and Cain gave his sacrifice, Abel gave his sacrifice and uh, God blessed Abel's own but not Cain's own. And because of the jealousy, because of the anger inside of Cain, he goes and he kills his brother. It says in Genesis chapter 4 verse 8, it says, Cain spoke to Abel his, his brother and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Imagine the pain that Eve would have felt knowing that her son killed her, his brother. She had to witness, and I, I'm imagining in the Bible they talk about people living for hundreds and hundreds of years, so I'm only going to assume that Eve lived for many, many, many years. So she was able to see her grandchildren, her great-grand, her great-great-grandchildren but the sad thing about this, it was a world of sin. So now she's experiencing the world descending into chaos and family members fighting and, and uh, people getting jealous and people killing each other. And she's experiencing this world of chaos because of the decision that she made. Sin is passed down from generation to generation. But she holds on to this promise. God in the Garden of Eden gave them a promise and that we find that promise in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. It says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. This is God talking to the serpent. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This is talking about a promise that one day there will be a savior who will destroy the serpent's head. And mothers are passing down this promise from generation to generation. They're telling of the story of Eve and how she sinned and how, sin, uh, uh, and how sin is now in the world. And one day a woman will give birth to a Savior. And daughters are wondering, is it going to be me? Is it going to be me? And they're passing these stories down. And daughters are wondering, is, this, is it going to be me? Is it going to be me? And thousands of years pass by and their hope begins to dwindle. There is no savior at that time and they're, they're wondering what's going on and they begin to forget about the promise. Remember, our choices can change generations. Now we have another mother, another mother, and this mother's name, Mary, and we find her story in Luke chapter one if you want to read it for yourself. But Mary, a.k.a. mother of Jesus, is, uh, she's a virgin and she's engaged to be married to joseph and so god has chosen her to be the chosen one that she would be the one to bring a savior into the world mary's probably confused but in luke chapter 1 verse 28 it says and he came to her and said this is the angel of the lord came to her and said greetings O favored one the lord is with you first of all, can I, can God say that to me? Can an angel come and tell me, oh, favored word and greetings, the Lord is with me? That would bring me so much joy. But what came after probably frightened and confused her because she was chosen to carry the Savior. But things are probably going through her head like, but God, I'm a virgin. I'm not even married yet. Like, if I'm pregnant, they're going to, think that I committed adultery and all these things are probably going through her head but I like Luke chapter 1 verse 38 what she says she replied to the angel and said let it be to me according to your word let it be to me whatever your will God let it be to me I don't know what's going to happen but I know you have the future in your hands so whatever it is Lord let it be and in that moment, the Holy Spirit came upon her, and she became pregnant. See, the choices she made in raising her son brought positive results. She had to teach him how to walk. She had to teach him how to eat solid food. She had to teach him probably even how to read and how to sing and worship. See, Mary's choices resulted in something positive and we find out in luke chapter 2 verse 52 the bible tells us that jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with god and man in order to grow in wisdom she had to teach him god's word she had to teach him right and wrong she had to teach him good choices making good choices. In order to grow in stature, she had to tell him what foods to eat, what not to eat, what, what time to go to bed so that he can grow in strength and in health. And then she also had to teach him how to love and how to be kind and how to treat others right. And that's how he, he gained favor with God and with man. But Mary was a, a mom, all just like Eve made choices and made mistakes, did you know that Mary made mistakes as well? And I could resonate with her because I've made a lot of mistakes. Let me tell you about this one time that after church, a bunch of us wanted to go to Indian restaurant. Why? Because I love Indian food. And we packed in different cars. I drove a different car that day. My husband drove separately. And a bunch of us just drove to Mishawaka, Indiana to go and eat Indian food after, uh, after service. And after an amazing day, we didn't want it to end, so we said, you know what, everybody, after we eat, let's go and chill at our house because the, the communication, the fun, the fellowship was so great that we didn't want it to end. So we all jumped in our cars. Of course, everybody scattered, and we started on our way home. I was in Niles, Michigan, almost to my house, and I got a call. My phone rang, and I'm a person. If I don't know the number... I'm not picking up the phone. So I let it go to voicemail. If it's important, they'll leave a message. And that number called again. And so I said, okay, let me answer it because this is weird. And I picked up the phone and I, and as a mother, I heard a beautiful voice on the other end, it was my son. And I said, hey, sweetie, how you doing? He said, hi, mom, where are you at? Well, I said I'm I'm almost home. I'm like literally down the street. Are, are you guys there already? <clears throat> Do you want me to pick up something? Do you want me to 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 get something from the store? If, are you, you guys home already? And He says, "No, mom. I'm I'm at the restaurant still." My heart sank, y'all. How could a mother leave her child behind? I totally thought that he was in his dad's car or in somebody else's car on the way to our house and we all left him at the restaurant. But I'm not the only one that makes mistakes because Mary did the exact same thing. After They've traveled all the way to Jerusalem because every year they have a Passover feast in Jerusalem and they traveled many, many days' uh, journey. And then on the way back, they're traveling, there's cousins around, there's family, there's friends, they're traveling in a big group. And Joseph is probably with his buddies, talking up front, and Mary's behind with her girlfriends, her fair sisters, and they're chatting. And then after a day's journey, Joseph and Mary probably come together, and, and Joseph goes, so um, how's Jesus doing? And Mary's like, what do you mean how Jesus doing? Wasn't he with you? No. And they had to Search for him for three days before they found Jesus. They found that they left him at the temple in Jerusalem. One could only imagine how Mary felt. Like for me, it was only a few minutes, but for Mary, it was days that they misplaced where Jesus was. And mothers, we champion our children. Mary championed Jesus in his very first miracle. They went to a wedding. And at this wedding, all the wine ran out. Can you believe that? All the drinks ran out. And and Jesus is asking, I mean, not Jesus. Mary is asking, like, what what do we do now? And it says in John chapter 2, verse 3 to 5, it says, When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you to do. First of all, if my child, listen up, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Elijah, if you ever talk to me and say, Woman, what do you have to do with what does that have to do with me? You will get it. <laughs> but, anyways, he's he is telling her, like, what, what do you want me to do? Like, the wine ran out, so what? And Mary believes so much in her son. She knows that he has power. She knows that there's something special about her son. And she tells the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. They hesitate. It seems weird, right? He asks them to fill these jugs full of water. Nobody wants to drink water at a, a wedding, but they do what he says. And that's when we experience the first miracle, the water turns to wine. And as a mother, um, she had to experience great pain. Mary watched her son being executed in the most horrible way. She had to see him being uh, punished and being um, being uh, whipped for our sins, for what we've done, for the sins of, of Eve that has passed down from generations and generations. I can't even look at my child with a cut without feeling hurt and wanting to take that pain away. I remember my son having to go to the hospital for an asthma attack and I just wanted to take it upon myself. Let me go through that pain. But then also Mary experienced great joy. If we look in in Luke chapter 24, verses 6, it says, He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day and rise? And they remembered his words and returned from the tomb. They told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary, listen up ladies, it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostle. Did you not hear that? They went to the tomb and it was empty, but it was all the women that went there and they got the great honor of being the first people to share the gospel. So mothers out there, remember that your choices can change generations. Jesus, our savior, is alive. He's beaten death, he's beaten the grave. Our choices can change generation. The two tales of two mothers, in some ways they are so similar. Both are mothers, right? Uh, um, Eve and Mary are both mothers. Both women give birth to sons. Both love their children. Both made mistakes. Both women experienced pain and suffering. Both saw a son die. But in other ways, these women are very, very different. You see, uh, Eve was disobedient and unwilling to do God's will, and Mary was obedient and willing to do God's will eve bought brought sin into the world but mary brought a savior into the world you see eve was cursed because of her disobedience and mary was blessed because of her obedience eve listened to the voice of satan when mary listened to the voice of god eve raised cain who was the taker of life and we experienced the first murder in the in Life's history, and then Mary is raised Jesus, which is the giver of life. Eve brought death into this world, but Mary brought life, eternal life into this world through her son, Jesus Christ. We experience the tale of these two mothers. M- which mother would you take advice from? Not just the moms out there, I'm talking to everybody. Which mother would you take advice from? Which mother would you want to follow her example? Which mother would you want to be like? Our choices can change generations. My prayer today is that we take Mary's word at heart and we make it our own word. Her choices and her words are still changing generations. Her choice, number one, to have faith in him. Remember in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, she says, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Are we saying, Lord, let your will be done? Whatever you say, I'm not going to try to figure it out for myself. I'm not going to try to come up with my own plan. I'm going to use your plan. So, Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Number two, her choice to obey him. We should do what Mary told the servants to do in John chapter 2, verse 5, when she said, do whatever he tells you. Are we willing to do whatever God is telling us to do? I know at our church we have a saying, listen to God, do what he says. Plain and simple. Are we willing to obey him? Number three, believe that he can do miracles. Mary knew that her son, Jesus, can do miracles by turning the water into wine. And he can turn your mess into a message. He can turn our mess into miracles. Are you willing to believe that he can do miracles? And her choice to accept him as Savior. Mary witnessed her son die on the cross, but she was also a witness to the empty tomb. You too can experience the reality of a risen savior. You too can choose to make the decision that changes generations. The tale of two mothers leads to the tale of two endings. There's two endings in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20. It says, I've called heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death blessings, and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offsprings may live. It says, therefore, choose life that you and your offsprings may live. You and your generations and generations and generations can live. But some of us are probably thinking, we are the offsprings of Eve. We are sinful. We were born into sin and shaped in iniquity. But because of God's blood, because of the sacrifice he made on the cross, we have been brought, bought by his blood and our, his DNA runs through us, us as Christians. We have been adopted into the family of God. Therefore, we need to walk in it by number one, remember, having faith in him. Number two, obeying him. Number three, believing in him. But not just believing in him, believe him. And number four, accepting him because your choices can change generations. So if this is your prayer today, if if you want to say, "Lord, I want to have faith in you. I want to obey you. I want to believe in you, but also believe you and accept you." Today I just want you to to put, put up a hand emoji or reach out to one of the hosts that are online right now and just say, "You know what? I want to do a 360, and I want to turn my life and give it to God. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more messages like this one.